people deluded i'm back again people i must admit as i said that i started facing straight i mean the muscle memory just implies to me that i have a camera in front of me but we're back again with this podcast thing before i continue if you can hear a weird sound in the back apologies but obviously i'm using audacity to do this podcast so i can't get away without using my laptop for some reason it's moving quite mad with the noise it weren't doing this yesterday it weren't doing this earlier but it's moving mad nonetheless so i don't think it should affect anything because i did a sound check and i didn't hear it but if you are hearing that or experiencing that apologies i mean spent a couple hundred quid on this mic that i'm using currently so it better not be acting because and i rich but carrying on people i've got some things i want to speak about or better yet some of the things you lot giving me in got them on the pay i've got them on paper first and foremost let's start with the light stuff congratulations to christian bielik um formerly of arsenal now of derby really has no relevance to this podcast or anything of meaning but i've heard that he's been called up to the full poland squad and i've done your marlin has for holland and yes they didn't come through hayland they're not london boys but they're former arsenal players um specific to bielik for this video well podcast sorry um so yeah it's nice to see he's progressing he's still yet to fully get his feet wet at derby still adjusting he's just joined he's making starts but he's just joined but it's been it's been smooth so far and i hope he develops i personally believe if he can get his head down at derby get some appearances get closer to 100 career appearances he might be able to get a move somewhere else because he had a good euros he had a good um um campaign domestically with on loan at charlton last year they got promoted and he's still young there's still a, a lot of naiveties my pet peeve with him is his standards seem to drop when he gets tired or better yet. You know when you start a game and you're fresh and things and as it's getting to the 45th minute, your pass might not be as sharp. You might switch off and that's where he's at in his career. He needs to polish out these edges, people. So I believe he can go all the way. Um, moving on, um, one of my papers has got stuck to my elbow there, people. That's how you know it's, it's hot in the room. I'm actually doing this. But Montreal. Now, I've made a video about Montreal, but I owe it to the podcasters and the listeners out there to touch on this. If you don't know, apparently Nacho Montreal is one step away or more or less is a real Sociedad player um, in all but name. Official confirmation is yet to be um, announced at the time of me making this vid from either side, from Arsenal side, from Real Sociedad. I haven't seen Montreal give any clues away on Instagram and all of these sort of things. He's quite clued up in that, but... At the time of making this podcast, I have no clue. And I must admit, it took me by surprise, but it didn't take me by surprise. It took it didn't take me by surprise in that Montreal's thing is probably similar to Kashoni's in that um they're of an age now where they've got to think about they've got to really think about more than just themselves. So I don't know um, I don't know if Real Sociedad offered him a better financial package. I mean, as a football fan, I'd like to believe Arsenal are offering him better. But if they're offering him better money, what can you say? He's been a low servant. He hasn't kicked up a fuss like Koscielny. He can leave with his head held high and me patting on him on the back, people. Or more potentially more important to a degree than what he's getting paid per, per week could be the length of his... Po- projected contract at Sociedad is it a two, is it a three-year deal because what because I swear because she only got a three four-year deal at, at, uh, at Bordeaux people um I remember reading an article where a former a now former Bordeaux scout lashed out at the signing of Kishoni and he said Kishoni stands to net 15 million if he completes his contract there and that's for me well I don't know if he was talking including bonuses or if bonuses I'm just going to assume that's just what he gets in it so that's a good that's good from Kishoni I mean it's obviously not going to be 
directly 50 million there's taxes there's other i's and t's to cross but in that regards he's obviously that's a good financial package for him and to be fair at his age you would think if you want something closer that you'd probably have to go to china or somewhere a bit financially good um not to say not not to say he was lacking interest because you heard a lot of clubs were in for him. Leon wanted him. Can't see them giving him more wages than Arsenal or lo a longer term deal because Bordeaux just don't strike me as that club. Rennes have a um, I don't know if they've changed manager, but they got I forgot his name, but they got a good young manager, good academy there, and a good little scouting network of sourcing players. Koscielny would bring experience, but I doubt they would have went above and beyond for him. Um, so that's why it it did it didn't surprise me because it, it kind of is something coming from Monreal. It did it, he's been a low servant, but every player as they they I did think this summer he potentially could have been one to leave. Um, why it did is obviously the timing, considering Arsenal's transfer dealing at least for the summer is literally over because the window is shut. There's nothing Arsenal can do in that regards. It's shut. We can't do anything, um, which would leave us shortchanged. Um, Kieran Turney is projected to come back come back in October I say that because that's what public knowledge surely he's got to be back quicker than that people because didn't Neil Lennon say that the injury stuff is nothing to worry about in regards to Kieran Turney apologies for moving my seat people um and surely the the club are not going to be put us in a position where we're just relying on on collagen actually at least for the next couple of weeks because if we've got to wait to October we're at the end of August now um if Montreal goes tomorrow we're relying on a lot. I'm looking to the youth academy. You've seen Cohen Bramwell. I don't think he would have potentially been good enough to cut the mustard here. Um, he's decent, but I just think the standards is high. He's obviously been released and joined Colchester. Good on him. Dominic Thompson, who's making make <coughs> apologies, people made good progress in um, for um, under under Emre in preseason. Has now gone off to Brentford to continue his career. Past that, you've got Swanson, who's by trade not a fullback, but has been playing there for for the academy side. Medley can be forced at left back again. He is a centre half. Bowler can be forced there again. That's not his position. So there are people that could be shoehorned there. Obviously, there's a pathway long term, I believe, for Joel Lopez, but I think he needs to nail down under 18s football, play to a great standard in his last year as an under 18, and then take that into next season 2020. As a as an under twenty three and past that the world's your oyster. Obviously, if he was thrown in and he handled it, then he handled it. But I don't believe that young Joel Lopez today is is ready for that. Obviously, whether he's ready or not, he might find an opportunity in that regards. Um, because we are going to be stretched at left back. People, there's no standout youth candidates immediately ready. Um, people can be shoehorned there. I mean, we can't even make people. I know it's a long time ago, but Arsenal fans don't you remember when Maitland Niles was playing left back. He ironically is being used on the right hand side, so we'd be short changed. Um, you'd like to think at least a sensible thing would be to keep Monreal for six months or so, keep him until the end of the year, the start of the new year. Let him go in January, people, because it would be it would be self self um, it would be nothing short of self destruction if we let him go. Because if what happens, Kalajinac on that on paper, if Monreal leaves tomorrow, the only fit left back is Kalajinac. What happens if Kalajinac gets injured? Do we go free at the back and try and get away with it with a left winger? Do we? I'm sure. I'm sure people. I, I, Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I'm sure Xhaka played left back as well as centre half. I'm sure Xhaka last season played left back. People, correct me if I'm wrong. So you know, Emre might do that one. So to be fair, if he's looking at it with Xhaka, Kolasinac as Xhaka obviously if need be, um, um, and Kolasinac and he thinks you know I can get away with that until January or, or no, sorry October when Turney's back. Cool, then let's do this. Hindsight, potentially. 
could Monreal have always been like I'm not gonna say as quick as Kashani, but could Monreal of potentially have been one through the exit door, first through the exit door, sorry. But obviously we, we kind of dragged out the Kieran Turney deal. Looking back in hindsight, is that be- obviously us dragging out the um, the Turney deal, does that correlate with Monreal staying at the club in which, considering Kashoni's actions, if that is the case, the hypothetical argument I'm making for you guys, if that is the case, then I commend Monreal for not digging his heels in, not refusing to go on tour. And again, if he wants to leave, he can leave with his head held high. I think we're a football club and if we're first and foremost, we're a football club and if we want to be competitive, we need a squad of players. I believe unless the if the club no different and Kieran Turney to, to the to the private eye is fit tomorrow, then by all means let Monreal go. But for me, people, he stays at least until January by the logic of we can't bring someone else in and Kieran Turney, Kieran Turney's not fit right now. So we need someone. Obviously, if Monreal then decides to drag his heels and down his tools and whatnot, because he does, I'm not linking it to him um, wanting to leave, but he does look jaded and at the end of his career, then that could be an issue for us. Obviously, we got Licksteiner on loan last season, um, on loan, on a free transfer last season. Is there a left back we can go out and get right now? There isn't too many creditable ones. If the Maybe the club are looking at bringing, even bringing in another left back to fight with Turney, because if, if Kolasinac doesn't play to a consistent standard, he might be one out the door eventually, people. Because um, I think he's good going forward, and I think Emre believes in him, especially in the wing-back position, but defensively, there's still frailties in that regard. So if Montreal leaves, people we can leave his for me anyways he can leave with his head held high but I believe if that's going to happen we've got to be doing that in January we can't be doing that now it ain't going to make sense really people um, what else have we got um, we might as well touch on Arsenal very quickly Arsenal versus Liverpool um, we're now on Tuesday it happened on Saturday you've seen my YouTube com- content you know my opinions I've tweeted it enough I've said enough how can I kind of sum up the game? You lot watched it yourself, man. We was, I don't even want to say we was in it because it was all Liverpool, but there was a time when we was in it. I feel we were decent in the first half, as decent as decent can be. There was a game plan, whether I agreed with it or not, that the boys clearly worked on in the week and they went with it. And it, and it worked. And obviously we had opportunities, specifically with Pepe and Aubameyang, chances we should have taken and we can only blame ourselves. Um, but I liked what I saw. The problem now becomes how, you, first and foremost, game management. I'm not going to go over it because I think that's a theme I've spoken about a lot of times at Arsenal. Game management, being able to recognise when things are going wrong and right, being able to change certain things. But I'd, um, So I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go over game management. I, I personally, I personally feel Emre. I don't. I wouldn't even blame Emre, but I do question the tactics, and I do question potentially could he have changed things quicker? Could he potentially have of done of done things at a quicker standard um, at a quicker standard by his own logic? I mean, one thing we praise Emre about people is his quick substitutions. I think he took too long to bring on Lacazette. I would have personally started Torreira. If Torreira is suffering with a knock and things we don't know, fair enough. But I believe if you're on the bench, you should be able to play as someone like Torreira. That's a thing where you play him and you see how it goes. You must, if he's on the bench, you must can get a sixty minute out of him. I, I I get not playing him at the start of the season because more than anything, he might be mentally fatigued and he might, and like I said, he might have a knock because he played over what well, he played fifty odd times or something for the first time in his career, as he said. He obviously went off to the Copa America and he's been gradually eased in in pre season. So he's clearly fit, unless he's got to knock people, which obviously impacts that. But he's clearly fit, and you'd like to think, based on that logic, he he's one of the fittest in the side because he only had a week. He's played however many games he's played last season. Couple weeks off, he went and started preparations for Copa America. 
He was obviously training and playing at Copa America. He took a couple of weeks off to recharge his batteries and now he's back at Arsenal. How unfit could he potentially be, people? Do you get it? Um, so potentially we could have started different players. Um, Lacazette, the one for me, potentially should have started. Pepe was good as well. Um, well, Pepe did start. Um, we've just got, I don't know what formation people, but I potentially just feel to go with a 4-3-3. Just let everybody rotate in terms of the front three. 4-3-3, Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe just fit them in. Intelligent players can do intelligent things. It might not look the prettiest on paper, but they've all got different strengths. Aubameyang could drop deep into midfield and you see what he does. He wants to link up with the midfielders. That presents space for Aubameyang to exploit in behind. Potentially, if he was to actually hit him with balls in behind. You've got Pepe who likes to come inside and dribble and he also likes to do up the right wing. So there's exciting options. You've obviously got Ceballos and if, if Mesut Ozil wants to come back into the frame, that's a decision for Emery. You've got that. Um, so that's where I'd go. I'd go with a four. I'd potentially just go with a four three three. I do think as well, people. We're probably respecting sides a bit too much, you know, people. Apologies why I just find it this for us. Um, I say that first and foremost, Arsenal's problems are defensively. You saw it. It's all about how you react to going to go down. It was a good goal from Liverpool. We had to withstand a lot of pressure. Um, I don't think Trent and Robertson. By their own standards, their passing, not passing, their final ball in terms of crossing was quite there. But Pep, um, Pep why do I keep calling him Trent Pep? Trent got it all right on the set piece and it was a good header from Matip. If we're cherry picking, players are too con concerned with Van Dyke. They've probably worked on it in training and he's someone to look at, which is not entirely wrong. But Matip has sneaked in and done his thing, powerful header. What can you say it happens? We all, we all knew, everyone and their nan knew we'd concede at Liverpool. If we were to win that game, which we haven't, we were not going to come out of Liverpool winning 1-0. It's a 2-1 minimum sort of thing. It's how you react to that. Of course, you cannot... Emre, for as much as I said about his tactics, Emre can't factor in individual errors like David Luiz did or like last season at Old Trafford. The way he, can't, he physically cannot factor in that... Um, it's a silly thing from Louise people. You got that. The second one is, well, the third goal, for me, I, that's the one I'm most annoyed about, ironically, because you could just see it developing and players are just not being proactive. It's how you react to going a goal down. Yes, we can talk about Aubameyang and Lacazette, Lacazette, Aubameyang and Pepe's chances and we should have taken more chances, people and whatnot. But how we defend on our worst of days or how we defend full stop is what decides if Arsenal is getting top four because regardless I don't think we play offensively to our best standard I've just said it we don't shoot enough people Fact, facts we do not shoot enough and we're not offense our offensive players aren't good enough for a team of our standard it's not poor by any standard by any means but it's not the best um but it's all about how we defend people. Fair enough, David Luiz has just joined to the club and we're going to leave him alone because everybody was singing his praises when he was playing good against Burnley. We all know what we're going to get with David Luiz, people. I'm sure you're all competent to understand that he's going to have a good... He's going to play good for 10 games. The 11th, there's going to be some questionable stuff like that penalty. We know what you're going to get with David Luiz. And if you don't, where have you been in the last couple of years in the Premier League? You know what you're going to get. But remove that situation. Remove David Luiz, people. You could insert, I know he's leaving, but you could insert Mustafi. Even Rob, even though he won the game, Rob Holden last season um, when he gave away a penalty against Spurs, and I'm not name-dropping him. I haven't got no direct examples, but Socrates, 
collaging that I'm Jaka. I'm not I'm not trying to name to scapegoat players. I'm just saying these individual errors is a constant theme. So how well how proactive we are and how sharp Arsenal are in that terms is how we get top four people. It's how we get because we can play football. Ironically, every Arsenal fan says on our day, this and that. But it's how you play on your worst days. There's 38 Premier League games alone, people. How many days can you have as a top six? Because everyone wants to beat you, especially in Arsenal's regard. Everyone wants to beat us. Everyone sees us as easy fry and whatnot. So on top of wanting to just spoil a top six side's day, they want to spoil ours even more. And the fans are up for it, people. The fans get a kick out of singing, same old Arsenal, always cheating. We've got to learn to game management, factor in these sort of things, people. And on top, on the point of the shots thing, people, I think look, Newcastle last Newcastle last season against Liverpool first and foremost, we had nine we had nine nine shots free on target. Come on, against Newcastle we had eight eight shots. Against Newcastle last season we had a handful of shots. Now again when we're winning one nil and two nil and we've only had well four nil or so and we've only had four shots or something it looks good. Man, man, sit here and say oh we were clinical you know man we're taking these shots and them things there you know, that's good. But if you don't shoot, you don't score. Because if you look more time, if you look at that Liverpool statistic, beyond the obvious of the eyes, yeah, the, 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 the number of passes, the, the possession stats, they're all similar. But shooting people, we all know we was coming here to sit and whatnot and we'd be the inferior side against Liverpool. And we did that. But to a degree, we've got to find balance and be brave and think about what we specifically can do. And that's where I believe Emery got a bit wrong. I, I, I have no problem with his tactics purely on the basis of whether I agreed with it or not. Like I said at the start, the players and, and Emery, they worked on some sort of... like It looked like they worked on a certain sort of plan all week for Saturday. And I think it was there. I think we've done all right. It's just individual mistakes and just not that final quality. Game management too. And I just think probably... In fact, not even probably respecting Liverpool too much. Like, yes, we've got to obviously know of Mane, Salah and these guys. But when you're on the pitch, you can't believe that they're... You can't buy into their hype. And I think we... We're very scared in that game, people. Very defeated to a degree, people. It was a better game than in the last couple of years against Liverpool. They've been licking us up with 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 um with cricket scores, and it's an Anfield is an unhappy place for us. We've not won there in six. I'm only 24, but I'm old enough to remember going to Anfield and being pretty confident. And it was, you know, the ones there it was a decent game for the for the for the uh, what's that word for the neutrals in that. Now. Well, it's still a fantastic game for the neutrals because they all know the Arsenal fans, Arsenal fans are going to be melting down on, on social media and whatnot when Mane savages is it, Salah gets his customary goal um, and etc, etc. But it is what it is, man. Arsenal fans, we can only we can only dust that off, man. Like, it is what it is. We lost. Like We can't sit here crying and moaning and stuff. We just have to keep it moving. Which brings me on to Spurs. We have to react against Spurs. I don't care how they do it. They have to get three points. I will take a point, people, but we cannot afford to lose ground. Both teams lost at the weekend. Um, Spurs lost against Newcastle. They're going to be itching to put it right. Question marks are being asked to Spurs. I mean, not as much as they should be, but um, Pochettino saying the squad is unsettled. There's question marks over over immediate futures of certain players and long-term futures of certain players. If you had a push, you could also say Spurs might need to reinvent their team sooner or later because they've been together for what three to five years they've got a good group of players they've replaced players that have gone they've got they've been up there for they ain't been let's be honest Spurs fans you ain't challenged for no league but statistically you've been up there you've had undefeated seasons at home you've got Harry Kane you've got a quality manager in Poch you've got all of these things uh 
and there are still more to come. There's a youthful side. There's still a youth, relatively youthful side. But focus on the core. I'm speaking of people, the core group of Spurs players that, were, let's say, that were more or less kind of there from when Spurs were starting to be taken as diff, as a different sort of team to the ones that are still there now. Let's just say, throw out some names in: Loris, Jan Vertonghen, Toby, Danny Rose is still there. Harry Kane, Delhi's injured, but he's there. If I haven't said it, Ericsson, you get it, people. That that sort of team there, Trip is obviously left. Surely Spurs are gonna have to rebuild eventually because Loris is getting on a bit. He's a keeper, but he's getting on. Trippy is left. Carl Walker Peters will fit in, but is that something they want to do? Rose, Danny Rose, it seems to be that him and the club will divorce very soon because it just looks to be a myth at the club. Like he tried to join Watford, and I know disrespect to Watford, um, but and I'm no by no means a Spurs fan, but Spurs to Watford right now isn't the sort of move you can't like you can't be screaming ambition and trophies and this and that and then go to Watford unless you're trying to get this money, um, which is cool because you've spoken about final contracts and that. Um, but that stinks to me of it's a thing where I've made my bed, I got a line. I said I don't want to leave Spurs and probably the cities and all these teams there that I wanted. I thought I was gonna join Carl Walker and his thing and do better. It it hasn't happened, so I've got to leave. So it seems like Rose is gonna leave. There's question marks obviously over Toby's future and now Jan Vertonghen's people and he hasn't been starting. Obviously Ericsson's is in the limelight as well. Potentially you could say that Spurs are going to need to read specifically the core of the side but actually now that I'm saying it, the back five because obviously they've got um, Davidson Sanchez and they've got other players and whatnot. They've injected Endombele into the side which is a super player. I think similar to the whole quality midfielder thing I think he's got potential to be one of the best out and out midfielders in the Prem if he develops and picks a role and, and advances in it and I think Spurs are gonna they're gonna hold on to him but Spurs will be licking their lips because if he departs Spurs is for big money I legitly feel in a couple of years people Madrid's the bosses obviously based on money PSG Munich all the elite event it's them top clubs there I think they're gonna come sniffing for my man soon um like I said, if he develops, he's got a long way to go. But I think Ondombele is a super player. Um, I don't agree with Paul Merson necessarily saying Spurs are out of the title race and all them things there because they lost. I don't think Spurs are ever in it because um, purely because I just think it's still cities. But again, if I was away from the banner thing, how, the season's just started, my guy, man. The see, you can't be saying things like that. Um, Moving on from that, people, I have to big up um, Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham. I'll big up Tammy Abraham first because he's, again, Chelsea Arsenal's rivals, but I have to hail him up. We all know racism has no part to play in football and all these other cliche things I could sit here and roll off the tongue, people. The matter of fact are these racist idiots are still going to be here. They're still, in the, they're still in the physical grounds and stuff. Minority, but they're still hiding away. We all know what the internet does for people, people. People that will, the more time, I guarantee these people that were saying stuff about Tammy, they're the ones asking him for a picture and can he sign this, can he sign their mum's breasts and all them sort of things there. And they're the ones, we know social media is for cowards in a sense that it allows people to say things they wouldn't dream of saying in the public eye and just spit some vile crap. And you can already, we don't got to go over it, but you could already imagine what has been said about Tammy Abraham people. So I'm happy he got the goals. First and foremost, he's a young developing player with, uh, I wouldn't say unfair weight on his shoulders because Chelsea will have a transfer ban and he could have left, but he wanted to stay. But he's got a weight on his shoulders of playing number nine. And I don't think he's potentially particularly good enough for to do that out and out for Chelsea. And I hope to be proved wrong, but I don't think he's got that. So he's got an Im immediate amount of pressure on him just to take over that mantelpiece. And potentially as a young player, low on confidence. And that's going to shatter your confidence um, 
more calling him these sort of things. And it's, it was nice to see Chelsea fans getting them little hashtags going and stuff on online and showing Tammy that, listen, there's idiots out here, but equally there's some sensible individuals. So big up to Tammy, big up to Mason Mount, because, I mean, Lampard must just see him as his son, as a younger him, man. He's, he, had him at, he had him at Derby. He's there. I'll be surprised if Mason Mount isn't the teacher's pet at Chelsea, man, because he's the apprentice, Lampard's apprentice, and he's repaying his faith. Obviously, people will say Norwich is a championship side playing in the Premier League and he's scoring against these sort of teams, but I think Mason Mount's decent, and I think maybe it's early, but he might have replayed his way back into the England squad and whatnot if he continues that. I might be waffling and whatnot, but I swear he got called up. Um, I like how Harry Wilson's been playing um, for Bournemouth so far, and he was a quality player at, at Derby, and you'd like to think... He will get a permanent move away from Liverpool to, um, next season if Liverpool don't give him a chance. And he's easily bringing him 25, 30, 40 million. I'd say up, people, because you all know the transfer market's mad. You might wake up one day and they, they, he went for 100 million. Of course, I'm exaggerating, but the point is it's, it's not about quality a correlation from the player's ability and, and money paid. It's just whatever you can hustle, people. On that note, though, I'd love to know who you lot been feeling are the best teams in the out the promoted lot recently because I've been liking Sheffield United spirit. We all know the Steel City heart, the passion. You know, two players that have left um left left Sheffield United. If I said Wednesday, apologies. Actually, still display. You look at Carl Walker; he never stops running. You look at Calvin um Carl Walker. Sorry, you look at Carl um what's his name. Lewin of Chelsea, I forgot his proper name. Calvin Lewin um, of Chelsea, um, of Everton. Apologies, people. He never, he might lack ability. I personally feel he's not good enough to be a Premier League baller, but he works hard and he he's got that Sheffield sort of stuff. Do you get? It? So they're about people. I like what I've seen from them. I think Norwich play some good football. And they stick to their principles. I think they obviously Liverpool. Um, um, I think I, I think Norwich play some good football against Liverpool. They played quite well. Um, even though they lost at the end of the day and they were very naive. I think they gave Chelsea a good game. That was a good game for the neutrals. So I think they play good football. Good football doesn't correlate with staying in the Premier League, so we'll see, but I've been enjoying them so far. I've liked what I've seen from Puki. Obviously, I wish he was in my fantasy league team, so he's been doing his thing. Um, I like Campwell as well. He's like, what, 21 for, for Norwich? I like what I've seen from him. Obviously, you got the usual suspects in Max Aarons, Jamal Lewis, etc. Um... And Aston Villa, I think McGinn, regardless of Aston Villa's future, I think McGinn can be playing in the Premier League next season. I like McGinn. I've been, I'm not going to sit and say I was watching him before he's got promoted this season, people. I watched Villa here and there and I think he played well. Did he Did he play when they got promoted? I think he played well there. But I don't know him inside out, innit? I think he's a tidy player. And I remember seeing Manchester United were linked for 50 million with him and I was thinking, that player from Aston Villa, 50 million, what are you lot on? I still don't obviously think he's worth 50 million, but they definitely have done worse than that over the years, United. Um, and they and they and I don't think he would look out of place. I think he's a decent player, man. Obviously, you need to see more. And I'm not saying he's amazing or whatever. I just think he's a tidy sort of player, man. Um, and he'll get a move. But um, it's a tough one. It's hard to see who will get relegated. Sorry, people, man. If I had to bet money on it. I'm just purely out of the promoted clubs because I think Brighton might struggle, but purely out of the promoted clubs, I'd, mm, I'd say Sheffield United and Norwich. I'd say both of them. Norwich because they're playing good football and that, but good football doesn't stay correlate with staying up. And Sheffield United, do they have the quality to stay up? That's what it boils down to. Can Oli McBurney do it in the Prem? One guy I want to do very well this season, people, and I'm sure all you lot do as well, or... 
I know you know who you are if you want him to bang. Ravel Morrison, I want him to do well. Willie is a different story. They've got Luke Freeman as well. He's a former Arsenal lad. I always want these sort of lads to stay up. And then obviously you've got Villa. The Villa have the quality to stay up, people. I like what I've seen by Wesley, but it's not about what I've seen one time on Match of the Day and that, or, or from watching you lot versus Spurs. It's about week in, week out. So it's a tough one, people. Potentially all three could go down, but who knows, man? Quick word on United, and obviously they lost to Palace, and I mean, just based on the highlights, Rob, eh? like, I mean, De Gea, I don't know, De Gea's one of the goals, I'm thinking De Gea, your focus is gone there, man, but away from De Gea, I don't think you can, I'm not blaming De Gea, because some of the mistakes, it was almost like looking at my team, because I see parallels between the two, just schoolboy errors, just getting cut open, just giving the ball away, just panicking, just... It's a disgraceful performance from Manchester United against against Crystal Palace. Now, take nothing away from Crystal Palace. They did a drill. Zaha was making young dance everywhere in, in light with carnival season, doing all the Nalinga and them thing there. Um, you had AU. They could have scored a few, man. Obviously, AU popped up and done his thing. Daniel James thought he got back in it. And then maybe if he celebrated longer, they would have got a point. But then Van Aanholt went and done his thing. And uh, that's the goal. I think De Gea should have done better. But... um. It's been a weird opening exchange, man. We've taken an L and Arsenal have taken an L, but it's kind of been helped in that Spurs have lost to Newcastle and obviously Palace have done a drill for against United. So nobody's really made ground on us of such. But again, we've got Spurs, Arsenal versus Spurs at the Emirates. Are we going to go out there and do what we need to do? I want Pepe to start. For me, potentially, the first two names on the team sheet, I don't think Joey Willock should be dropped. I don't think he's playing amazing, but he's definitely not playing poor. If you didn't know about anything about football people, you would have to search on Wikipedia how old he is because he's done the basics right and he's not a, he's, he's not a chicken, man. I've got time for Joe Willock, man. So I think Joe Willock should start. Pepe definitely needs to be on that team sheet. He, if you're on it at Anfield, you're going to be on it at the Emirates, mate. And that will be good for us as well because I think he relishes the ball. He relishes taking people on. He makes a mistake, but he still wants to do it. He's got courage. He's an outball, people. That can help us in games there's a lot of pressure on. But that's a player the fans... The fans will, the fans will get behind the team anyways. But if there's nervy moments, people, and Pepe's doing them dribbles, fans will get behind that and that energy will feed off... Um, the players will feed off into that. And I think Pepe will feed off the fans and will feed off each other. It's obviously, it's not down to Pepe to, lead, to, to make the difference but um i think he'll have a good game against against spurs man don't don't make me look silly now pepe and that man i think joe willock and pepe first names on the team sheet people again like louise was singing sebios's name um singing his names after burnley now he's he's public enemy number one after liverpool he could potentially redeem himself against against um spurs again at the emirates and you know how we prefer to play better at the Emirates. Lacazette prefers to play better at the Emirates. You see the direct correlation between his goal scoring away um, at home and away, people. It's, it's, it's mad. Um, and just to go back to United quickly, I think defensively, obviously, they've got a lot of issues. But one thing, I, one thing for all the question marks that are going to be on Ole Gola so, oh, Social, I like the link-up play that I'm seeing. Even for Daniel, Daniel James's goal, I think there's... You know how he always bangs on about heritage and United and this and that. I think I, like, I'm seeing that in it. They look like there's some blueprint there. But similar to what I said about Arsenal at the beginning, how you defend is what makes the difference. That's it. You can have all the attackers in the world. At some point, how you defend is going to make the difference. You see how I, you see how I said earlier, Aubameyang and Pepe, they missed them chances. They should have put it them both away, people. More so, I'm on more on Pepe's chance. They should have pulled it away. You get it, people. If they did it, it's a different game. And that would have been two goals, yeah? But we still would have lost 3-2 by that, by, that, by, that by that same logic because 
of the mistakes that Louise made, if my math serves me correctly, um, which it probably didn't. Louise doesn't make them mistakes. You get away without them errors, people. Do you get? You get away without. You get away with not conceding the two goals we conceded, and it's still only one nil to Liverpool. Then Torreira scores. It's one one. Do you get? So people can say if Louise did this and they did that, but how you defend? Or let me change that specifically. How Arsenal defend, and obviously the United is the example. But just for disclaimer, how you defend makes the difference. Defense is what wins you leagues. These fancy attackers, they'll make the difference. But defence will make you win a league because it is 38 games in the Prem. Obviously, I'm a right-back people, grassroots right-back, so I've got to plug the defensive nation and be a bit biased in that regards. But let's move on, man. Let's move on. Spoiling my content for the... um. For the for the for the Arsenal Spurs preview. Moving on from that, though, people, to touch on Spurs again quickly, just on Ericsson. He's contracted in until 2020. I saw a rumour that they want to give him 200k a week. And to be fair, in today's day and age, Ericsson probably worth it. He's a good player. I don't know if he's going to... I don't know what's going on with his future because he's contracted until 2020. It seems like he was on trying to join a Madrid especially, but he was on touting himself to a Madrid and a Barca or just anyone that will take him. And it seems that the big clubs, it seems to be the Pogba's, the, the Neymar's are the ones getting moves. And it looks like Ericsson is going to stay. Pogba might even stay at United and it looks likely. So I'm keen to see what happens in that regards. Keen to see how Liverpool developed their young player Bobby Duncan because... I wanted him when he left City and became a free a free agent. He's left Liverpool, cousin of... I mean, he's joined Liverpool, cousin of Gerard People. Done quite well last season for their academy side. Not quite good enough to be in Klopp's plan. But with young players in particular these days, they want to seize their opportunity. And there's no smoke without fire, people. He's been linked with a couple of teams in Norway and a couple of teams in Germany. And, and the latest one I saw is Florentina in Italy. So there's interest. A part of him surely has got to be thinking, I want to take the next step. I want to go to a team where if I'm not playing immediately, there's a pathway. Now, there's a pathway at Liverpool. Um, they've got young players like Ben Woodburn, Woodburn, sorry, Curtis Jones. They've got ballers, Harvey Elliott. But how many games specifically are they going to get? It's difficult for Klopp to turn around and say, I'm going to play you when he's trying to win leagues and, and all of these sort of things, people. Um, so that might be one to watch. And it's nice to obviously, away from that, but it's nice to see a young player... Yunus Musa of Arsenal, he's been featuring regularly for Valencia's reserves. So he's gone from potentially Arsenal's under-18s to Valencia's reserves. He's been training with Valencia's first team, not to make his debut anytime soon. I assume they've been impressed with his technical level. And when there's been bodies that have dropped out of their own training sessions, first team squad, he'll obviously slot in and he won't let it down. Because that's what happens to people. That's how you get your chance. Sometimes a player might be ill, there might be injuries and the drills they want to do, they're lacking numbers. So they'll go to the 23s. Do you have any good players that will not let this session down in a way? They'll come in, the manager might think, oh, yeah, he's good. And you might get your chance, people. So you, you never know, man. Players get their chances in some in some funny sort of ways, people. You'll, you'll be amazed, honestly. Um, what, have, what else have we got? Maitland Niles. Somebody asked me to speak about Maitland Niles in regards to his midfield chances at Arsenal and... His is a weird one. He faces the prospect of being a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Now, maybe potentially he should look to be someone... He don't want to do it, but someone like James Milner. He can play at fullback. He can play in midfield. He can... Well, previously played on the flanks. Where would you say is Milner's best position, people? I would say central midfield. But when... Because he's almost a victim of his own adaptability. You look at when he was at City. You look at how he's been at Liverpool. He's almost a utility man. He's had periods, of course. More so, I'd say, especially at Liverpool... Maybe City in hindsight because he was there longer. Where he's playing through the middle. 
But he seems to be the one, at least from the outside of looking out, when they're picking their midfield or Liverpool are picking their midfield, it's Milner that will either jump on the bench or he might be the one to, yeah, you might play a left back or a right back or out or, or jump off the bench um, to allow other players. So, on what, that's, Milner's had a good career. At the end of the day, he's a Champions League and a Premier League winner from, from doing all of that stuff. No disrespect to Milner, because I think Milner is a quality player, people. has been a good player and has had a good career. Um but where would you say Milner is best career, best best position? Has he played out and out in his best position at the top clubs? Who knows? It was an answer for you lot to go and research, in which Maitland-Niles falls under that. He's doing a job for us at right back, and you cannot underestimate how much experience you get simply from playing. He's played against some big players, and he needs to improve defensively. But every game that brings you closer to that 100, that maiden 100 career appearances for me, makes you a better player. We also, I don't think he'll be a right back, but you can never rule out right back being his position long term or how he gets his chance because you look at players like specifically Hector Bellerin and Danny Rose they've had good careers but would they have had as good careers or would they be at Arsenal and Spurs playing for top six clubs respectively if they both stayed playing in further positions on the flanks I believe no I don't, come on people imagine Bellerin was not a right back and he's a winger is he going to do are you going to start him ahead of Nelson ahead of um, Pepe you know you're not that's not a disrespect to, to Bellerin. That's just is what it is. I said at the start, I was a right back. It didn't happen for me. I mean, I wanted, no one wants to be a right back. People. Well, when I saw Alves, I relish, started to relish it. But no one wants to be that. I need to be a striker. I'm not clinical enough. So it got moved back. Do you get it, people? This is what happens. It's either you do that or you don't play for these clubs. Like, do you get it? you got to do these things. Like, and it comes down to you. He said he wants to be a right winger. I can't see the right wing thing. I think you're more likely to be a right back than a right winger. He's good, but I just can't see it. Um, centre mid by trade. Um, his centre mid, he, so he faced, he's a jack of all trades essentially, and he's developed by playing games. But in terms of a positioning and nailing it down, it might be something he sits there and thinks, oh, I might have to leave to go and do this or go out on loan somewhere I can play in that position. He's clearly valued by the club. He signed a new deal. I mean, that's not to be taken very seriously because it will be signed a new deal before leaving not too long ago this next season so he retained his resale value but it might be some it might be a space to watch because in central midfield i do think his skill set could help him he it's a catch-22 of him because his calmness on the ball presents a lot of issues but he's calm on the ball in midfield he can win a ball back i think there's an option there but Jacker probably complicates not just his a number of people because Jacker is going to be in that team week in week out it, for me, it's Torreira. It's not necessarily Xhaka, but Emre is probably Xhaka and Torreira. They're starting. Guendouzi's featuring frequently. Ceballos is coming on loan. Joel Willett doesn't deserve to be dropped right now. Until he shows he's fatigued or he's just had a bad game, I don't think he should be dropped. Um, so he's obviously going to be there. And then you're throwing in Maitland-Niles. Is he... Emre has to see that Maitland-Niles... He has to... I mean, I'm not saying... he. I'm not saying I believe this or anything, but I'm saying Emre has to genuinely believe or see Maitland-Niles as a as good enough midfield option. And I think he sees him as a midfield option in the future. I think presently he sees him as a utility man. But to play devil's advocate, if you're really convinced of his central midfield capabilities, you would play him there because Joel Willett's come in and lacked him in that regards. Do you get it, people? So it's a tough one. Personally, I'm not too sure if he will get chances in central midfield. I have small hope. And I'm sure there's been a couple of games he's technically started there. I don't want to lose Maitland-Niles. I, I think you've got to have players like that. I don't think he's amazing, but I think he's a calm player. I like Maitland-Niles a lot. He's one of my favourite players in the Arsenal sides. I think him, Nelson, you got to bring these guys through, man. John Jules, they've got to make up the squad, man. Be squad players, be about in this thing, man. Be part of the squad. Obviously, I want super players, man, that make the difference and all of these sort of things, people. But 
yeah man that's that's genuinely what i believe so we've covered that what else we got we've covered that P oh yeah yeah i've made a video about this and i actually can't we've been here so long now well, it's only been 39 minutes um i don't know if i've spoken about this but rob holding and hector bellerin now people i can't be the only fan a person that hates this not just arsenal fans but people do this in general Whenever a player isn't available or isn't playing, they always miss that player. And when they're about, they're scapegoating these players. I've seen some of my man and my close friends, they were getting onto Bellerin every time he was playing. Oh, he's not covering enough. He's not switched on defensively. He's not improving. He's stagnating in this. But now they're crying that he's not available and holding as well. Well, holding wasn't scapegoated, but holding not being about. And I want them back to you, people. Clearly, it's not rocket science. We have better defensive options available to Emery. The better he can pick a back five he wants, play them week in, week out, develop and improve them defensively. And in theory, apologies, people, we go forward as a we go forward as a football club. It's not rocket science. So I'm not talking about fans that are saying that. I agree with that. That's my thought. Holding and Bellerin should be key members of this team. With obviously Turney coming back, Louise has been brought in. So between him and Socrates and Holding, they're probably going to be the three options. Leno isn't the oldest of players as well. So Leno in goal. That's a back five for three to five years to help us with the rebuild. First and foremost, getting in Champions League and being a consistent club. And beyond that, that's how far you guys want to dream, people. We've obviously got youngish sort of midfielders that tie into all of this. So you get it. And... I just think people see these players as the messiahs because they're not available. Like, Holden is extremely naive in many aspects. Has he got 100 career appearances? Barely, if he does. I'm a big Holden fan. I think he could potentially be a future captain for Arsenal and an England player, potentially like Nelson, if they keep working hard. But he's still developing. He's still developing. Yeah, he had a great game against Costa. Yeah, he has good games. But there's been equally games he finds it tough. For instance, if you watch him, one problem I have with Holden, as much as I love him, he likes to get a bit too tight and he can be sucked in and be very naive in that regards, people. Again, don't just focus on ability and I hope you're all genuine football fans because that's why you watch me. Without talking about names, yeah, he's still developing. So you've got to look at how he plays when he plays against the Deanies, the Shane Longs, the the um, the, the what's it, what, what's it, what's the other guy's face? Glenn Murray, these is Jamie Vardy. Regardless of ability, these are strikers that all have different um, skill sets, but they don't give you an inch respectively. Some are target men, some hang on the last shoulder, some drop deep, some are just simply poachers. Some strikers are at you throughout the whole game. Some strikers you don't see them from the first minute. You think they they've you've had them for eighty nine. Added on minutes comes 90th minute and he scores. Hold it. You can't get experience without experience. Holding was finally getting a little run in the team last season under Emre. And I believe it was taking a bit long. And then he got the injury. So he's almost set back. He looked good against Everton and he looked decent against Watford. There was a game. Was it Blackburn? Blackburn, he looked a bit rusty, if I remember correctly, for the 23s. But he's working his way back. And while I want him in the team, and I think especially with how Emery likes to play out from the back, if it's in terms of ball playing, you put Bellerin, you put Turney, you put Holden and Louise and Leno. Emery's got how he likes to play out from the back there. But he's not the messiah. He's not perfect. Arsenal fans, specific to this, and football fans in general, need to just stop looking at one particular player and thinking they're going to solve all the problems of a team. It's not, people. Of course, Arsenal mix and match defence. I'm not advocating that. And we're going to see a drop-off in quality. But Arsenal need to get to a point where, regardless of who is in defence, there's some sort of baseline, medium, defensive 
level of performance. Do you get it, people? And what I mean by that is, if I guarantee you take a lot, you take some of them City players out and you rotate the back four, of course there's going to be teething issues, but there's a basic level of performance that you'd come, that Pep expects and Pep and Pep's side will display. We need to get to that. We need to we get to that by being proactive. Players knowing different players' roles as well as their own. Oh, take this. I'm a right back, people. So if I see my centre half has shuffled across, I'm gonna shuffle across. Equally, I'm gonna tell my right winger if he's not switched on, you need to shuffle across. So there's no gaps. Do you get it? Until we're switched on in that regards, or midfielders, they might not. It might not be their role, but they can see a play developing. Either cut out a foul or, or, or get involved or try and make it happen. Not happen. Do you get it? Till we get to that level, we can't do anything, people. We need a baseline of performance. Bellerin, I think Bellerin's got a lot of improvement to do. Bellerin, I want him to be the first choice right back. I love Bellerin. If he wasn't Spanish, he would be Hayland. You would think he's from Hayland. He's immersed in the London culture and, and specifically Arsenal. He loves Arsenal. Doesn't mean he won't leave, but he loves Arsenal. And I think it's obviously... Bellerin's an easy target because he's not the standard footballer. He sticks up for all the causes and he dresses in a particular way and he's very much into his fashion. Previously long hair. You can invent you, you can invent why and how he's an easy target, people. But if he wasn't like that and he was... I, I don't know any other way to put it. He was more just an average Joe sort of guy. People would say he's the most committed man to the club. Do you get it, people? Excluding Jenkinson, who's now only departed. So I find it a bit ironic. Bellerin, for me, has stagnated. When he first came through, maybe it was just the fact he first came through and I just fell in love with the player, but he was quick. He was like another winger. Um, he was, yeah, man, he was decent in the final third. There was games he would time, a handful of times you'll get one or two assists in games and he still does that. But I think his crossing has declined. I just feel he doesn't look as powerful and as pacey as he previously did. I still like him and he's still my right back, but I do think, I want to see him get back to that, man. Get back to the Bellerin of... When he had that that season where he didn't have the best of games against Dortmund and and he just he just he just he just after that it was kind of smooth sailing for him. When he I need him to get back to that because I believe in Bellerin, man. I really like Bellerin. I don't care what fans say. He's not he's not perfect, and I do think maybe sign another right back in in the summer, um, get some competition against against Bellerin could bring the best out in him, people. Um, so that's what I'd like to see, man. Um, have I got any other notes? Really enjoyed this podcast, people. Someone said my best eleven when the, I think I covered this. The best eleven when everybody's fit. Specific best eleven. Four three three again. Aubameyang, Lacazette, Pepe, make it happen. Don't care how they just in their intelligent players make it work. Pull out wide when you need to. Certain players rotate. Liverpool lads do it. Sometimes people on the right, the left, they're dropping. They're doing all sorts. We need to bring that into it, people. Um, so the front three picks itself. Um Bellerin, Bellerin and Turney on the left hand left and right hand side specifically. Um for me. I believe they're the two you gotta go with and um they're the two for me. Um centre halves, it just based on what we've got for this season, it's Robert Rob Holding and, and Louise for me, although I do think it'll be Louise and Socrates for Emre. So that would be them that would be the back five, including Leno. Um midfield, I would go with Torreira would be in it for me. Sabios would be in it for me. And I think currently, currently, until I see otherwise, Joe Willett's got to be in there. So that would be it. 
that would be my 11 when everyone's fit at this moment in time, people. Things things change. Things change for Joe Willock. I don't feel Joe Willock's played amazing, but I don't feel he's deserved to be dropped. He cut his, he held his own against Liverpool. So why should he be dropped for Spurs? Do you get it? Until I see him get fatigued or naturally burn out, I don't think he should be dropped. Obviously, I'm not speaking about if he needs a rest and whatnot, but you get it? You get where I'm going with that, people. Um. So, yeah, man, it's... it's yeah, that's that's what I believe really and truly. That'll be my best that'll be my best team, the team I would like to go out I would like to go out go out there with. Um on, on the Rob Holding front, he'll be playing for Arsenal's under twenty ones against Northampton as well. Um well today actually at the time of making this vid as he continues his return from injury, which is nice to see and whatnot people. Um on the El Nene front, hopefully we get El Nene out of the club. But El Nene looks to probably be saying, staying because his dad said he wants to join a Premier League team, which he can't do until January. Mustafi to Roma links are not going away. Hopefully there's some real good movement in that regards. Apparently Arsenal's um, kits have already done done well in the, in, in the sales. There was an 84% increase in demand for our shirts in general versus Puma. Obviously, a big part of that is our away shirt, which was the bestseller, and the fact that it looks better. But I do think, I don't know for the percentage within the percentage, but to a degree, a part of that has to be because of Arsenal fans, myself included, felt with the what with the market, how we moved in the market, and a bit more optimism. People, Our optimism was on 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 the um on the floor. Um, apparently. Um, apparently, I've just seen this. Mustafi is happy to stay at Arsenal for the remainder of his contract, which is until 2021, um, which is despite Emre's comments. But uh, um, Mustafi's preference is actually to leave if he gets the right one. So uh, Mustafi's in the ideal position. If he gets a move to a club he assumes is, is can match his ambitions and things, he will join it. But right now, he's not in a rush. He's been, he looks like a very loved member of the squad and someone quite followed at Arsenal and he seems very much in the mix with Aubameyang and that. He's obviously lived in London and has been, so his family are comfortable and he's comfortable in London. He's getting paid a decent amount of money, so he's in no rush to leave. So he's fully prepared to see out his contract um, for, for, the, for the next 18 months or so, people. He is laughing if he does. Um, so we're going to need to really get that one out, man. We faced the prospect of, like I said at the start, Mustafi, Monreal, and hopefully on NA, all three of them going in the window. Well, I don't want Monreal to go, but just for at least until Jam, but any player that doesn't want to be here should be departed on. So that would probably conclude a good transfer market. Probably the last real bit of business would probably be a loan for Emil Smith-Rowe, who got 60-odd minutes in the last under-23s game against Everton. Forgive me if I'm wrong, I make so many vids. Um... Probably we've been getting him up to speed and he'll he'll look to depart on loan and whatnot, people. Um, so, yeah, man. And maybe similar to Nelson this year, he'll come back next season as a more rounded player and more like, more confident player in, in terms of breaking into the squad in some in some capacity, people. Um, so, yeah, man. It's been, a, it's been an enjoyable one, people. We've been left and right and centre. And obviously, as I carry on going with this i'll develop and find my style and find a consistent way of doing things but for now people deluded thank you for watching well yeah watching thank you for listening people on whatever platform like i said at the start trying to get onto apple music i'm in the case well my case it sounds so bad saying case but my case is in the verification stage so when the i's are dotted and the t's are crossed that will happen i'm on spotify i think i'm on google now 
Um, so yeah, like yeah, man, check that out. Obviously, like know me, I do the YouTube and whatnot. So check out the YouTube comments and content, sorry, and whatnot. But for now, people deluded. It's been an enjoyable one. Thank you for listening. I'm out. Boom bow.